Let me bang you, I do let you bang Let me bang you, baby. I let you bang I let you bang Greetings, marriage and virgins. Go for Jesus. No for Jesus, people. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to the Ben and Roasted Podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. Here with Greg Wilson, who you look like you just got back from Vegas. Like I did just like get back from Vegas. You, you look like you partied in Vegas. I had a pretty good time, man. There was uh there was one there was one night where I was pretty sure I was gonna die. And uh and not from like doing anything too bad. I just ate some late night chicken. And, <laughs> and then it. in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh god, I don't feel so good. And I like just got up and I had to walk around the casino, try to walk it off for a little bit, you know, and then I finally felt a little better and then i went back to my room so it was fucking you know it's intense and it's a long week you know and i i still despite my better judgment i still go pretty hard so of course. you know it happens i um it was crazy I, I had like i was in town and i i did uh i did the haha friday which was like awesome i reckon i hosted it and it was like just a fun like you know you're having a good set when people are like what's your instagram while you're on stage People want to know. Yeah, no kidding. You're crushing when that happens. Fuck yeah. But I got kind of annoyed at some of the comics because a couple guys, you know, first of all, I hate when I ask somebody, hey, how do you want me to bring you up? Oh, just, I don't care. Pick anything. Because now it's my job to like create your credits, you know? And by the fourth guy, if you say, this guy's great, he kills all over town or he does clubs, you know, it's like, just give me something, you know, like something, right? See, I'm the opposite. I don't want your fucking credits. I'll just give you a very funny guy. Here he is. That's it. Very funny lady. Everybody get, you know why? Because the audience doesn't care. They don't you know, believe in one... anymore anyway. But just give me what just but didn't tell me to say funny guy. But just now I'm like having to mix it up for everybody. Cause it was like but that wasn't even why I got annoyed. This guy goes up there and it's a Friday night show and people paid. Like it's one thing if it's an open mic or you're working stuff out or it's a Tuesday oh, over there. Yeah, yeah. And this comic literally tells the crowd, look, there aren't that many people here, so I'm just gonna work stuff out. So he tells the crowd this. Then he sits on the stool oh. and whips out his notebook. And that's the worst. So I'm like, oh, who is this? This guy must be have a billion followers. This guy must be somebody. No, it was like he had like a thousand followers on Instagram. He was following a two thousand. It was somebody that I've never. And the guy wasn't even a half bad comic. He was doing fine. It was a good crowd. But I'm just like, man, like if if I paid thirty dollars to come and to bought two drinks and I'm ready to see a show. And then I sit there and this fucking guy comes on and goes, oh, and treats it like I'm like, like it's on his, you know, focus room. I'm like, come on, man. You know, I did. I was just it bothered me as a host, as a comic, as an artist. It's annoying. I, you know, I have a similar problem when I'm in Vegas because the Vegas clubs, not all of them, but some of them tend to use the local comics for hosts, which yeah. is fine. You know, they can handle that job. They're good for five to seven minutes. That's totally fine. Very good. But the problem is to them. You know, this is their local club. You know, there's a local club. But I'm like, but to the audience, this is a Vegas show. Yeah. So I need you to dress like it's a Vegas show. Right. They show up in fucking, you know, old ass t-shirts, 
and shit. And I'm like, I'm looking at the fucking, you know, the manager. I'm like, can you tell them to dress like this is a real show? Like yeah. these people to them, they came from out of town. They bought tickets to the look to the club. They they expect a Vegas show. And these guys are showing up like they just came from the fucking gym. And I'm like, I know you live here, but this is a destination for everyone in the crowd. Yeah. Fucking act like it. I hate the way the local comics dress like they don't fucking care. And it's like, and then they wonder why they don't get booked. And it's like, because you don't treat it like a real show. Yeah. Now this, this dude, I was like, I couldn't believe it. He goes, there aren't that many people here. So, and even a comic that I knew that was good, a good comic that, you know, too, went up there and he's like, Oh, I'm not going to do anything that works. I'm just going to do shit that like I'm oh working on. I'm like, oh. I'm like, how do you expect people to come back? Like, like, yeah. you know, why would I come back if I was sitting there? That, just, that is really just completely unprofessional. And I hate it when people do that, especially on the weekends. Yeah. You do that. You want to do that? Do it on fucking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, through Saturday, you gotta that you gotta bring the A game. That's what people expect, and that's what you gotta do. So we're talking about these comics. I did a show Friday. I was hosting a show, and like you know, one of the better comedy clubs. You know, my favorite comedy club in LA, to be honest. Ha ha. And, and and these comics go up there, and they're like, oh, uh, no one here. There was like thirty people there, whatever. And these guys, like, I'm just gonna work shit out. Takes out his notebook, sits on the stool, and just reads it. And I'm like, motherfucker, like. You know how many people would love this fucking spot? You know how many people would fucking yeah. be like, oh, this I'm I'm here on a Friday night. Fuck yeah. I'm just like, come on, man. Uh, but that, but on the other, on the flip side, the improv Saturday night, they gave me they they I they, I closed the show on the Saturday night show. And that was a, a where I'm like, that and then the Laugh Factory Sunday were two gigs where I'm like, all these fucking shit gigs that I do, this makes it easy. Fucking sold out shows. Ready to laugh, couldn't wait to hear jokes. I was just so fucking happy. Uh, although Ron G, who I love, is a good friend. He's like, "Yo, before I go on, it's someone's birthday, right?" So, uh, so I think they're gonna wish him a happy birthday. No, he brings up someone from the crowd who sings "Happy Birthday." Of course, it's an all-black show, so it's fucking like Aretha Franklin's up there, and, and then they go, they're like, people are twerking. They're like, "It's your birthday!" They're playing the fucking two live crew version, right? So. <laughs> By the time I go on, there's a fucking music festival just happened, right? So I just, I just said that. I go, you think it's easy to do a comedy? Uh, I'm the only white comic here. And then they got fucking, you know, uh, Jennifer Hudson singing Happy Birthday with on fucking Soul Train. I, I just shit on the whole thing, and people were like laying on the fucking ground. So that was that was fucking, that was that was cool. And I got to I got to meet Arsenio Hall. I did a show with Arsenio Hall on. Uh, on Thursday at the Comedy Magic Club. And I asked him, because my TikTok is like all 80s wrestling. Is that like, I actually like TikTok. <laughs> actually. So, Arsenio. Yeah, it's like, of course, why wouldn't it be? So, Arsenio <laughs> used to, uh, he used to have the Ultimate Warrior on and Macho Man, but they'd all be in character. They wouldn't like break character. So, the Ultimate Warrior would come off the interview and just trash the whole fucking set. And then, like, be like, oh, Hulk Hogan, but you know, or like Macho Man would be. So it was just, it was, uh, and I asked him, I'm like, dude, what? He goes, well, I was competing against Johnny Carson. I knew Johnny wouldn't have him on. He's not going to have, you know, Rick Rude on and Jake the Snake. So that was my thing. So that was cool. He was so nice, Arsenio, and so, like, appreciative. that like I. And then I asked him about the time when, uh, you ever see when the, the gay rights activists confronted his show in the middle of his, of his show? Was Buffering an announcement? Oh, boy. No. no so hey, by the way, real quick. 
before you say this, my audio okay? I'm using a microphone. I don't know if it's no, good, bad, or worse. No, it's, it's, it's not okay? pretty bad. It's, it's pretty That's bad. It. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let me try something else. Yeah, it sounds like you're underwater. So this well, was what happened. I don't want to play the whole five minutes, but I'll see if I can find it. Uh, you guys can see it, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it any better, by the way, my audio? That is better. So Arsenio, back, this is back in the 80s, you know, when Arsenio, people don't realize how big Arsenio was. And for some yeah. reason. Remember the dog pound? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Ooh, that was the, no, it's his posse. Give it up for my posse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this happened during his show. Hold on. The blonde girl is so funny while they were singing. And she said, she said, oh my God. It was so funny. So funny. <laughs> huh? I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you, man. Why don't you have any gay guys on your show? Gay guests on my show? Wait, I'm sorry. Why don't I have any gay guests on my show? Well, there are a lot of gay guests who really don't like to talk about their sexual preference, so we don't know whether they're gay or not. Hold on. Now, this is during the monologue. Well, he goes right after him, too. Run from this, did you? This ain't Johnny. I ain't going to run from it. I'm going to deal with it. Nice. Queer nation, it says. I didn't realize Johnny Carson was such a coward. So that's gay that maybe I haven't had. Who? I don't I'm know. Cruise. But I know Elton John. He's been here and he's rocked the house. Okay. Okay. What? When Harvey has something I'm interested in, I'll bring him on the show. But this is my show, okay? This is my show. This is my show. It's my show. This is my show, man. Wait, whose show is it? <laughs> I think it's his show. Seems like that's the point he's trying. What's wrong with you, man? There's the race card. <laughs> There it is. Black, man. The truck car. What do you know about? I don't want to hear gay trash, man. I got gay friends I've had on the show because you don't know them or it ain't who you want on the show. You got a problem with it? If you want to book it, get yourself a show. <laughs> Woo! Must be midnight at the at the comedy club tonight. Had mine. I love it. So so yeah, I. He was like, get yourself your own show. He's like, I don't know, Rogan. I can't. <laughs> I can't get on his show 300 times so I can have a podcast. That was a shop joke, by the way. I, I got it. Uh, okay. so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I asked him about that. And he was like, basically, he was saying like, he he had a lot of people that were gay on his show. He just didn't ask them if they were gay. It was you know, it was, it was well, all right. And back then, uh, most of them weren't just out, you know? Yeah, a lot of them kept that very private. You know, this was the 90s. It wasn't like it is now where it's an advantage almost. Or I wouldn't say it's an advantage, but people aren't like, oh, my God, we can't use him anymore. He's, a, You know, he came out of the club. But back then, it was a big, big deal. And yeah. so a lot of them just didn't discuss it publicly, you know. And here they are wanting to – I love it, Harvey. Why don't you have Harvey fired? Like <laughs> – like, like he's specifically avoiding Harvey Firestein, you know, like, like oh my God. It's I'm so just curious sad. what Greg Fry would say about how it used to be in the nineties versus now with gay, uh, gay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, back then people knew they were on a scene. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You like your meat and potatoes, you eat them in a closet like everybody else. <laughs> Oh my God! So we're by the oh, by the way. So uh, speaking of uh, which, we have uh, a guest coming on tonight. His name is uh, Will. His name is Will Pounder. Uh, he's a porn star uh, who's also like a black belt in jujitsu. Um, so he, he'll be on. Is the that show. his actual name? Yeah. Uh, well, he, <laughs> that's his porn name. Yeah, that's his birth name. And at that point, they were like, you know what? You might as well go. Yeah, ahead yeah. It's like when Dakota Cochran. I found out that was his actual name i'm like wait a minute that's not his state <laughs> so, so, so will pounder is coming on the show today uh and and then so is um the guy who's uh, uh ashley gambino and trap gambino you know them uh they sound like they're part of the gambino family yeah uh, yeah i was gonna say you mean the criminals no so trap gambino is like this 500 pound guy who's like a rapper who had tried doing MMA, but he's always getting everyone mad at him, like on the underground. He went on Dr. Phil, and Dr. Phil told him there's no chance of him being a, a fighter, but he trains, but he he, he has some work to okay, do. You, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Dr. Phil giving fight advice is like <laughs> Joe Rogan giving vaccination advice. Like, come on, guys, so, stay in your fucking lane. So his, his wife, Ashley Gambino, uh, used to fight people on Fremont Street uh, for money, but I guess while she was pregnant. Anyway, so Trap Gambino has all these people mad at him because he's kind of a troll. <laughs> Remember, you're fighting for two. <laughs> but they just grabbed to be like, no, it doesn't count. She doesn't have an advantage. That's not a person. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, they've always been supporters of mine. Every time I get them on, the show, every time I get them on the show, I, I get tons of hate mail saying, "Why are you giving these people a platform? Fuck you! I hate your show now." Because so, but. But he's always anyway. They, they they lost a kid recently, a young kid. Uh, so they she asked she, they reached out. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna say no, obviously, and 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 they're friends. Uh, but every time I do have them on the show before that, I would get just people shitting on me. Um, but because they're always fighting people on the underground. Because but the, but the, he does trap does troll a lot of people. Like he he wants he he tells everyone he's I guess he 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 had one fight in Florida. And he does jiu-jitsu tournaments, but, but and he's also I don't know he has a cult now, uh, very uh, yeah. very interesting people. Um, so uh, so they're coming on the show. The, the last time they came on the show, uh, she, Ashley Gambino got into a fight with Jenny Savage, and they started fighting with each other. And it, became it sounds like it's going to be a very upbeat conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what are you talking? Like, okay, so we have these guests today. Nobody likes them. It hurts the show. They just went through a tragedy. But don't forget, it's all about the comedy here on MMA Roast. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Dr. Phil's giving Adam booking advice now. Totally, exactly. <laughs> like, well, no matter no, how flat you make a pancake, it's still you, not a waffle. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. You want... You want <laughs> You want ratings? You gotta get guests that nobody likes. Dude, you gotta see Doctor <laughs> Phil. Doctor Phil told them. Yeah. Meanwhile, I posted the clip of me on MTV from years ago. You see that clip of when I was Fred Durst when I was limp. Oh, yeah, I saw. Fred, it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what happened there? You know the whole story about that? So I'm on stage at a comedy club. This is like in 2001, maybe 2000. I'm like a year into comedy, and this girl came up to me and she's like, "I'm a casting director." She's kind of cute. 
do you want to play a part where you're Limp Biscuit? You auditioned for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was like a TV a movie of the week or something. Or like, so I'm like, I'll, I'm going to play Fred Durst. This is my, my first acting role. I'm so, I was so excited, right? So I show go up there. They, they, they take me to like this like, salon that was like Warren Dracomi, which is a big salon back in the day. They gave me all these fake tattoos, all this shit. I get there. They're like, there's a fucking someone that looks like Ricky Martin, Little Kim, and Christina Aguilera. They're like, you're on a show called Face Spiders where you love these celebrities, right? So they interview me. They're like, why do you want to be Limp Biscuit?" I go, well, because I was at a comedy club and they told me, they're like, no, no, no. And the producer, you, you're a huge diehard fan of Limp Biscuit, and you want to look like Fred. I go, no, I don't. I, I, I was at a comedy. They're like, no. So then the producer comes out. Oh, you're going to be difficult? You're going to be difficult now. And I'm like, <laughs> so then... <laughs> So then I'm like, okay, I'll fucking play along. So I'm like, I love Limp Biscuit. They're my favorite. I tried to do it in the most obnoxious, exaggerated way possible that anyone that knew me would know. So they're like, okay, you just perform as Limp Biscuit. I go, okay, right. So then they have rounds. I'm like, what are these rounds? They're like, well, the first round is how much you actually look like the person, right? And the other people look exactly like these people, right? So I go out there and they're giving me like, well, your hair doesn't really look like um, and you don't have so they give me like fives and fourth. Now I'm in fucking last place on this tournament contest. I didn't even know I signed up for. Right. I did not want to be. Um, so I'm fucking fuming backstage. Right. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm so fucking mad, humiliated. But I'm like, all right. So then it was the performance round. So I go out there and I just fucking kill it. Like I was so angry in real life. And I was going to just trash the set and moon. But then they kept giving me tens, right? They're like, you worked it out. <laughs> so then I started like humping the fucking stool and this and that. So that was kind of cool. But they're like, now you're Joe Rogan? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best was that I heard that they told Adam. I always hear these rumors. I heard they told Adam, like, who do you think you are when you don't want to go along? He goes, apparently Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah, <fuck laughs> apparently I now think I am. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was Face Biters. That was the show. I, I posted it. It's uh, it's on my Instagram and YouTube and shit. But uh, you know, you were talking about the underground earlier. You guys know I thought I invented trolling when the internet came out. Like I really thought I was the first one to ever come up with that idea. So I got on the underground and I started it out like with a topic like, "Does anyone know what the deal is with Muhammad Ali?" And then I put on there like, "I don't know what his. It, it seems like he's just not as uh, well spoken anymore. Like he's not as like I don't know what's going on." And people are like zero out of 10 was like the first response. And I didn't know what that meant. Like I had no idea what that meant. Zero out of 10. I said, no, for real, like what's going on? I said, it's almost like he had like head trauma or something. They're like, dude, no one's buying it. Like they, and I, I really thought I was going to like, I thought they would all just think I was an idiot, you know, but they yeah. didn't buy it. This is under a fake screen name, obviously. They found out I was a real idiot under my real name later. But um, yeah, I thought I invented trolling. I was like, man, I can't believe nobody bought that. And I realized it was a thing that everyone does. Like I thought I would be the first one to try to irritate people online. So stupid. Uh, well, then you have one time, I got, one time I got cast in a in a, in a big campaign. I won't name the client, but it was for a very large uh, um, online platform. And uh, and I get the campaign, and it's they're going ads are going to be in in uh, travel destinations all over the place, airports, billboards, all this. And my agent is like, yeah, because they want you to do the commercial and you're going to get actually get to do the photo shoot the next day. They're paying you to stay to do the still shoot for all the, you know, for the billboards and the signs and everything. I'm like, great. That's awesome. He goes, and thank God you're not one of my other guys. They wanted him to wear a thong. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, blah, you know, whatever. So then we get to, we shoot the commercial one day, that goes fine. <laughs> then we get to the photo shoot the next day and they're like, all right, Greg, here's your thong. <laughs> 
And I'm like, uh, I don't think the green thing. Like, I'm not a song guy. And they're like, it's going to be hilarious. It'll be so funny. I'm like, again, I never agreed to the song. Like, and I got my agent on the phone. I'm like, what the fuck? Do they think I'm the song guy? He goes, oh, I guess they switched it. I'm like, what? I'm like, you tell them right now I'm not doing the song shit. You know? And then they're like, fine. What if we gave you a flesh-colored uh, bikini brief? And I'm like, Okay, fine. Give me the flesh color. <laughs> so that's what they ended up giving me. You ended up shooting with that. And then thank God COVID hit and the whole thing fell apart. Oh, man. <laughs> I would have loved to. That would have been hilarious. Dude. Uh, and, tell and you how many people have said, thank God COVID hit this exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> listen, let me tell you, all I'm thinking was every comedian I know is going to see me in this fucking song at the airport. Fucking. <laughs> that would have been know. great. You would have loved it. I was working on a joke that it wasn't his agent, it was his travel agent, but I got nothing. I was trying to, he said, it's going to be an airport, <laughs> billboard, I'm like, this your travel agent that signed this up? But I, I got nothing. So you we'll should talk have about, it out there. That would have worked. I like that. So we'll talk about the fights, and then I got a funny story about Guantanamo Bay. Um, but all right, so. There's nothing but, funnier than Guantanamo <laughs> Bay in my experience. I was happy for COVID. Great stories about Guantanamo Bay. Like, we really, we're really working in a rare place of irony today. <laughs> All right. Leon Edwards, I did not see this happening. I thought Usman was going to wrestle fuck him the whole time. I think he decided to do that round three on. I, I think he, but the first no, two, I mean, he, he got into a kickboxing match with a guy who's a better kickboxer than him. It was weird. Um, but he, the guy was, I mean, he was holding the gloves he did hold the cage, which at the, I think if you hold the cage and take away a point, they should start with Usman on top. Like, I don't know why they started neutral after that, because not that it, I don't know if it would have been that big of a difference, but but if you're preventing the takedown, they should start with one guy on top who would have gotten the takedown. Um, according I to think taking a point away is a much bigger deal than giving him position. I think it's a one of. I think it's a one or the other situation. If you're going to take a point away, you know, okay, there you go. Situation resolved. Uh, I don't know, but maybe you should do both. But I, mean, I thought Usman looked totally different yeah. than he looked in every other fight, and not in a good way. Like he was chasing him. He was put. He looked like a tryhard. He looked like a guy who was like trying to prove himself the first day. It was so weird. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? He was just kept pushing so hard, and, and Leo was able to sit back and just bop, 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 and Okay, you would think he'd spent all this time defending that rear left kick that was the one that knocked him out in the last yeah. thing. And it was open all fucking day. Everything on Leon Edwards' left side, the left jab, left hook, rear left kick was just killing him, and he never changed a fucking thing. Usman straight up lost that by bet. Sean? I'll tell you what, the whole thing was kind of ruined for me, man, when he said afterward that Colby doesn't deserve a title shot. He hasn't fought in two years. I was like, actually, he fought 11 months ago, number one, or whatever it was. Uh, number two, who deserves a shot? You want, you're not going to fight Usman again. You're not going to fight Shemaev, and we know he's not going to do that. You don't want to fight Colby Covington. He already beat Bilal Muhammad. So what are we going down to number 12, 13? Like, who are we getting? Uh, but it's so funny to hear him say that he's not fighting him next, and Dana White said he's fighting him. I have a feeling I know who's winning that argument. I'm not positive. But I have a feeling I know there's going to be an interim title with Colby and uh, somebody else if uh, and then he'll just be out. You know what I mean? Like they'll just they're not going to 
That kind of ruined it for me because it just shows he's afraid. Not afraid of Colby, but he doesn't want to fight Colby. He's probably tired of fighting wrestlers. He wants to fight Masvidal, which who wouldn't? Fight somebody right 13th that'll stand up with him, you know? So Yeah, he's like, there's no story there. I mean, look, I think obviously the UFC would like to have Colby as the champ because he sells tickets. He's controversial. I mean, right. you know, and I think Leon Edwards. What's his? What's Colby's ranking though? Who's number two? I mean, who's uh, Colby's it, it was, one now? Because uh, Usman lost. Okay. Usman won. Colby's two. So it really should be Colby, but at the same time, uh, according to Ariel Hawani, it shouldn't be. I mean, Bala Muhammad has a has a right to say that, but they're putting Bilal against what's his name, which is like going to be the hardest fight. He's they're putting Bilal against. Uh, the guy that just beat um, uh, you know what I'm talking about Bala Muhammad, the the guy that just beat uh, Jeff. Gosh. I know who it is. I can't. The guy, I can't think Jeff Neal. The guy just beat Jeff yeah. Neal. He's got some kind of crazy name. Oh uh, yeah, Shavrat Rachmanov. The guy's Ooh, a, the guy's that a, guy's a dude. Yeah. Put now, put him against put him in there, dude. That guy's a killer. I I personally am not eager to see Colby just because the math doesn't add up. Colby lost to Usman twice in a row, and now you know, and he beat Usman twice in a row. So why would you, you know? To me, I don't I don't well, care about the Colby fight three. either. But like Sean said, he he already beat Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Chimaev missed weight by nine pounds his last fight. So you kind of Chimaev is a better fight. I'd rather see him fight. I also I have to agree. I was I'm not interested to see him fight Colby. Come on. I just think, you know, it's like, well, I want to see if Colby could do because Colby's going to go. I mean, Colby's going to have a much stronger pace than Usman. He's just going to go 100%. I mean, he doesn't have the wear and tear that Usman, I guess, has now. Uh, and it's going to be the, the buildup's going to be hilarious. He's already talking all Colby will beat him and he'll finish him, I think. I think Colby, uh, Usman's, I don't want to say done because I hate when people do that. But that Usman that fought the other night was not the same Usman I've seen the last 10 fights. Thank man. you. He, it I, was not. It was so weird watching him chase him around the ring. Like, I've never seen him chase another fighter like that. Like, it was just so weird. Like, he was try. He was a tryhard. He was, uh, listen, as a lifelong tryhard, it's embarrassing to watch somebody else do it. It's one to no one. <laughs> exactly. That's all I kept thinking was, oh, my God, he's being such a tryhard right now. Like, stop it, dude. Stop it. But I feel like he lost the first two rounds. He won the third round. Um, he also got rocked. I think him getting rocked. I didn't, you know, with, with that like knee, like his legs buckled. I well, because he kept chasing him, and also again, he never his entire right side of his body was just open for business all fucking night. Oh, once he started like, wrestling, uh, he never once he started wrestling, he started winning the fight. But he just didn't no, wait. he didn't. He started, He waited to round three to do it. Which was also, you know, well, that was the only round he won. He lost the first two and he lost the last two. It wasn't uh, even close. They you know, called the draw. He, he, was, he lost by two points on two different judges' cards, and I agreed with it. I um, totally agree with him. Like, he didn't win those rounds. I'm sorry. I thought he, he, I thought he either lost or it was a draw because if they would have called it a draw, I, a lot of people were saying draw. A lot of no people. No way. Not even close. I have to. I agree. think with the, the you got to remember the point taken away too makes a huge difference. In a, I mean, it does make a huge. I would like to see half points taken. I know that sounds stupid, but if you have a, I think every growing strike should be a half point, no intentional or not. These warnings do you no good. Grabbing the fence, half point, whether it was intentional or not. You know, I mean, you get a foul in basketball when someone hits you, whether they meant to or not. But you could you could call it more liberally than like you might have a guy lose a point and a half over the like John Jones poking you in the eye whether you meant to or not you lose a half a point that way yeah. the warning means nothing if I can start every fight by poking in the eye kicking in the balls and grabbing the fence I've got a a heck of an advantage I regret now this sounds stupid like most of I say I regret now not starting every fight by just kicking people straight in the balls first 
first strike. You know, you know the balls and be like, oh, I get a warning, my bad. The next thing, poke him in the eye, like, oh, my bad, you know, and I'm already, I'm winning the fight 30 seconds in with no repercussions. You know, you know that's funny you mentioned that because I went back and I watched the Bo Nickel fight. Yeah. And Bo Nickel need him in the nuts in the yes. first, right in the very beginning. And Keith Peterson didn't see it. And the guy's doubled over in pain. And that's what got him into that situation that ended up costing him the fight. Bo Nickel didn't win that fight legitimately. That I, was, I, I, he, say, yeah, I don't know. If that knee was know, nonsense, no. Peterson would not have allowed it. But it, apparently, because he's no nonsense, Keith Peterson. I always, every time they say that, I always think there's some nonsense going on right now. Where, where's Keith at? Like, what's going on? You know? yeah, that was, he straight up beat him in the nuts. And the guy was clearly doubled over in pain. And that's what put him into that headlock position. I think that was an illegitimate win. You think he did it on purpose? What? You think he did it on purpose? No, he didn't do it on purpose, but he took advantage of the situation. He doesn't get into that position. Keith Peterson should have stopped it and given him a chance to recover. And I feel like he was trying to tell him that when he was on the ground. Yeah. He was doing all that talking, and Valley was going, he fucking need me. And Peter was like, well, too late now. What do you want me to do? Go back in time? Like, you know, but it was... But I honestly think we're, Bo Nickel did not receive a legitimate challenge in that fight, and it wasn't a legitimate win. And I don't think we're going to see what he really is made of until he fights somebody. That was a bad win for him and a terrible loss for that Jared guy. I want him and Shamaya to fight, but that's what, you know, there's guys like John Jones. When there's no repercussions, it's the second time I've said that today. I haven't used that word in 10 years. But when there's not, you can throw your fingers out there. You can throw, you don't have to care. Like, there's, what are they going to do? If I name him the balls, tell me not to. I just need him in the balls. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it should be automatic, um, and it shouldn't be an automatic disqualification if a guy can't continue either. That should be no contest. I hate that when guys are like, oh, wait, I win if I just say I can't fight? Okay, yeah. you know, do yeah. that. But it, uh, Well, I mean, we, yeah, had one should, of those, uh, we had one of those eye pokes in the Fizev, uh, um, uh, uh Justin Gaethje fight. You know, as much as I love that fight, I mean, he poked him really good in the eye. Badly, yeah. And, and, and I feel like that affected – I think it affected Fizev more than he wanted but, to admit, and it affected that the rest of the fight and the rest of that round. I mean – The thing also, is, dude, I mean, when, you got, when you got balls like that dude does and Gaethje has, they don't want to show – they don't want the crowd to boo him. So I got booed. I got kneed in the balls twice by Christian Warcraft, my third fight in the UFC. Drop to my like knees, getting ready to throw up. Ten seconds later, the crowd is booing me that I'm not up fighting. Like, get up and fight, you bum. And I was like, listen, Don Fry, you're just commentating. Hold on. No. <laughs> but, uh, hey, they're, they're booing me. And I'm like, and I sat there and got booed for 30 seconds. I said, just start the fight, man. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, I'm not going to sit here and get booed out of the building. I wish I would have flipped the camera off and flipped the crowd off now. That's what I wish I would have done. I'm full heel, but to like they start booing me right away then i get hit in the back of the head i look at the ref like okay that's three fouls now that i've been hit with and you haven't done anything to this guy and then he uh choked me unconscious and i supposedly faked it everybody said i faked going out i was like okay Who's the ref? uh he uh, he was the nonsense jeff peterson no um <laughs> he went a lot of nonsense. no i don't know it was just some local guy it was in seattle so they didn't have like their typical you know just they used the local guy but it was, uh, it was, it was, I mean, I would have lost anyway. I'm not using that as an excuse, but it was, uh, let me start every fight with kicking somebody in the balls and poking them in the eye and then, uh, hitting them in the back of the head. And we'll see, did you just grow a tail? What just happened? Yeah, yeah what is that? Oh, okay. That when you got, when weird. you got knocked out, when you got, when you went to sleep and you woke up, did you know where you were, Sean? I thought it was between rounds. They said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I thought, I thought it was my corner. <laughs> um, because the funny thing was he got me in that choke. And I remember thinking that he ain't got shit on this. Like he had me a standing guillotine. And uh, I thought I was fine. Completely thought I was fine. Like he's just going to rest it out, wait for him to burn his arms out. And next thing I know, I'm waking up. And um, I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like it's over. And as soon as I said what happened, I realized I lost. Because every fight I've ever seen says, where a guy happened? said what happened. Except uh, when it was uh, Steve Mazzagatti when he was refing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like what happened? You know, because he's not a good ref. But, <laughs> well, um, Justin Gaethje. Cecil Peebles is the. Uh, oh, he was the worst the example on that one. But Justin Gaethje is the most frustrating fighter ever because every time I think, okay, I thought he was going to lose. I thought he had too many punches to the face. I thought he was kind of, and then he beats everyone either ranked the same or below. Like if someone's on his level mm-hmm. or below, he'll win. And then you're like, give him a title shot. And then he loses, which I guess he's losing to Charles Oliveira or Khabib. He's not losing to bums. He's losing to like some of the greatest guys right. ever. But man, if he would just only fight the way he does against guys that he is ranked higher against these other guys, he'd be like the best in the world. It was, you know, the thing is that buys up. He, any other human in the world, gets knocked out in the first round. Yeah, I think Gaethje is the only man in the world that could take that those punches. And just just eat them and keep coming. Like it was remarkable. His toughness that was the thing you couldn't quantify going into this fight is just the pure toughness of Justin Gaethje. The way he survived that storm in the first round and came back and took him apart in the second and third. And even then, I mean, if he hadn't put that much damage on the other side of his face, not the eye poke side, the other his you know the right side of Fizev's face. You know, I don't know that he necessarily gets that decision, but I think all that damage you couldn't not give it to him. So what do you think? I, man, I'll tell you what. I have a – I don't know if you call it respect necessarily. Just like Geishi is – I think he would die. I really think he would die in the cage. Like if given the option between that and losing, like if it's like, hey, you got a 90% chance of dying, but you'll win, I think he would take it. He's like – he really is like a modern-day gladiator. I mean, you, you know, Don Fry is probably one of the toughest guys I've ever seen, just straight toughness. Chris Lytle, a lot of people don't know about him, one of the toughest dudes you ever – like in fights, I mean, would take a beating until he was – he's not tapping, never tapped, it was never submitted, never anything. You know, his whole career just beat by decisions 10 or 20 times, but never never tapped, never quit. You know, he uh, – but Gaethje's on a whole nother – I actually put on a Twitter, I think, uh, or Facebook – I said, like, no one should ever have to follow Geishi in a main event, like when he's the co-main event, because it's going to be a letdown no matter what. Yeah. Like, you can't you can't follow that. And I was like, and no one should ever have to be followed by Usman in a main event ever again. <laughs> because every time like, – I, I quit watching, I think, after round four, the the uh, the stream I paid for 100% um, was a little bit uh, <laughs> dodgy here and there. And I was like, dude, I, don't, I already know how this ends. He's going to keep trying to take him down, and he's either going to take him down and lay on him, or he's going to lose by decision. Uh, if he can't take him down, I was like, I already knew what was going to happen. So it's uh, his fights are, I don't know. He's not the same guy anymore, man. And I hope, you know, some guys, uh, you look at Brett Rogers, that's a weird uh, oh, one. Out of nowhere, but he wasn't the same. Uh, I was going to make a joke, but I didn't uh, No, He wasn't the same after he lost. He was competing. I think uh, Fedor beating first was the first yeah. one ever beat him. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. never the same. And uh, a lot of fighters are undefeated. And I guess technically Usman's not undefeated, but he lost really early in his career, you know? But when you have that first loss, man, happened to me, it happened to everybody. You realize you can be beaten. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah. yeah. Men you win that you start believing, you'll always find a way to win. Like, you really he's do start believing. He's lost before, though. He's lost before. And, you know, I thought maybe he was just one of those guys that can't come back from behind. But I'm like, that's not even true because Gilbert Burns had him rocked. Um, this other yeah. guy had him rocked. And um, Hader Hassan had him rocked. I was at that fight. So he has come back from behind. I think it might just. I think his confidence is gone, man. I think the way he fought, I think he just doesn't believe in himself. I think his confidence was gone versus Leon Edwards. I think he specifically wanted to beat him up so bad that he beat him standing. Yeah, right. That he just kept chasing him and walking into counter punches. And in fact, that was the theme of the entire main card: was whoever the aggressor was 
was just getting just getting tagged up left and right. We saw it in the Gaethje fight. We saw it in the Usman fight. We saw it in the uh, Casey O'Neill fight. We saw it in the Dolize fight. I mean, all of them, whoever was pursuing, lost. It might just be a style thing, though. I mean, you know, like Matt Hughes, Dennis Hallman. Matt Hughes is 10 times the fighter, I believe, than Dennis Hallman is. But Hallman just beat him. I think he beat him twice in under a minute. Some guys just have your number, and I think that is might be the case because I want to see Usman in his next fight. I'll tell you because some guys just have people's number. That there are certain guys out there for some he reason. He was just trying way I too mean, hard. I don't know that he had, he may have his number because he's in his head. That's I mean, what it was clear that Leon Edwards is living rent free in Kamara Usman's head. Look at like Will Brooks to Michael the point Taylor. where he was fighting totally different than I've ever seen him fight ever. It was fucking weird. But you look at Will Brooks, Michael. Not being a speedo guy, how about Dennis Hallman? Yeah, right, dude. That was. I remember when he wore that. I don't know if you remember this, Greg. The guy came out with a speedo with his ball sack hanging out, right, in a speedo, and and Dana White did his agent tell him? <laughs> yeah. Dana White gave. He was actually the guy who said no to it originally. <laughs> Dana White gave Volkman a bonus for getting him off my TV, for getting him off my screen, yeah. just because he submitted him with the Speedo on. He, I don't even know if he should have even got a bonus. He's, he goes, I'll give no. this guy 50 grand if he gets to fuck him off. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, you know, people got fired over that. I don't know if you know that or not. Dana said people that worked for him got fired over letting, because they have to prove whatever you're wearing. They want to make sure that you don't have a sponsor on there that they're not getting a percentage of. So um, they uh, they have to prove your shorts. They approve your walkout shirt. And he said whoever approved those shorts, they're going to be looking for a job. Like he actually said that. Wow. No, uh, yeah. one of the management people, yeah, whoever approved the, for Dennis Hallman to come out, because there's three or four, you never know who's in charge at the UFC. Like, you never know who you're answering to, you know? And, um, like, they told me what to say in my pre-fight pay-per-view interview. Here I am my whole life, I wait to be in the black and white, like, doing an interview. And the guy's like, why don't you say I'm going to tear an arm off? And I was like, I, I don't like that idea, man. Uh, try it like this. And he said, we're just doing a sound test. And he only used his lines. He came up. Because uh, I kept saying, I don't want to say that because you could use it then. Well, I just, I just want to get the camera angle. Why don't you say something's happening? I'm going to snap his arm like a chicken wing. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't snap chicken wings, and I don't, I don't want to say that. Like well, they, okay. they killed my two lines. One was, don't worry about um, seeing Stefan Struve on Maury Povich anytime soon, because after tonight, he's going to know exactly whose dad is. And I said, you know, Sean McCorkle, you are the father. Like I said that at the end, you know. So I kept saying he was my son, and they were like, oh, we don't promote other TV shows. And I was like, uh. Can we just maybe ask Dana or somebody? I, I think they'll like that. No. And then I had another one of my kids were excited to have another sibling because I'm going to make Stefan Struve my son tonight. And he was like, that sounds racist. I'm like, sounds what? racist? Like, yeah, I said, like, he's, we're both white. Totally. And I said, well, he's like, that sounds like a black-white thing. I was like, you know he's white, right? Like, I, he's not even, you know, like, he's not even South African white. Like, he's just white, you know? Like, Dude, he's, and, he, uh, he's like fucking 24-pound, uh, yeah. 98 brightness fucking white like they sell him as copier paper at staples yeah greg the one they use i think he said it doesn't matter standing up i'm going home with the w like he made me say that and i was like dude i don't want to say that like that's the way and he thinks he's real clever like the dude that dude sucks like i don't remember who his name is but he he tries to tell everybody he tried to tell chael if i watched one time still in chael and chael's like no i'm good man thanks like he wouldn't wouldn't listen to a word he said i didn't know you could do that so. it happened on last comic standing i was in the house for a month and finally they're like you're all performing and i was like yes fucking finally like this is why i came to be on the show Cut to, I see, I see it, like, you're all performing. They took a shot of me like this. And then they go to, then they cut to, <laughs> they cut to Jeff Dye going, Adam looked like he was really scared to perform. I'm like, these motherfuckers, like, yeah, welcome to reality TV. Um, Marvin Vittori, by the way, won that, I lost that fight. I, I thought Dole's, 
don't know how to say his last name, but he Dolit say. I thought Dolit say won. I, I don't know how they gave it to Vittori. I thought it could have gone either way. I thought Vittori clearly won uh, round one. Yeah. I thought he clearly won. And then the next two rounds could have gone either way. I mean, they were exchanging hard blows. I mean, it really, that's when within they got to the cards. I'm like, is it now whoever gave him all three rounds gave him 30, yeah. 27. I was like, that guy should be fucking fired. Okay. Cause delete say definitely won at least one of those rounds. I thought he won two so, out of three. I thought he- round two. I thought round two was definitely delete say, but the round three, that was the one that I thought could have gone either way. Uh, I mean, they uh, both scored weird. some really great hard fucking hits, man. It was that. Greg, and I, Greg and thought I it was like Michael Bisping. He could probably go either way. What's up, people? I got to talk to you about HelloFresh. First of all, what is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get fresh farmed, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You got to skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Number one, all right? You can make mealtime easy with delicious recipes made with fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered to your door. No lines, no hassle, no gas, all the other stuff that you have to get there. No, just great tasting meals you can whip up and enjoy in the comfort of home. Sounds good to me. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from. For all meal occasions, lifestyles, and preferences, okay? Take your pick from meals like soy-glazed salmon with rice or mushroom and chive risotto. That sounds delicious. I'm in. Now, me and my wife, we've been doing home-cooked HelloFresh, and it has been delicious. Delicious, okay? It saves us time. It saves us money. We're in. So just go to HelloFresh.com slash Roasted60. Use the code ROSTED60 for 60% off plus free shipping, okay? HelloFresh.com slash ROSTED60, all right? HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> we'll talk about that for a second. Uh, so Jeff Molina, I don't know if you know about this. So Jeff Molina came out as the first uh, bisexual fighter in the UFC. So He's under assist- and we wouldn't be MMA roasted if we didn't cover this prominently. So he's under suspension anyway right now because he's one of uh, James Krause's guys, and they don't even say why he's under suspension. Like they just say he's suspended. In I mean, so is I don't eating know. ass considered a PED? I don't understand. So I'd love to if you no, even know if you've ever spoken to James Krause, you're suspended. Like if you like his mailman now cannot order UFC pay-per-views. Like it's like any anybody that's you know, the gambling guy, Krause. right? The guy that was gambling and they said he might have been fixing fights at Jess Krause. Not as so he's one of the so anyway. So what happened was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, my Malid is great. He's won his last couple of fights. He's, he's like killing it. He's won his last like 10 fights. He came out with a gay flag. Oh, no, a, a, a gay flag on his shorts. Maybe it was on his shorts or there was something gay going on, right? Which was like, you thought, okay, you know, like that's that's cool. But I guess a video came out last week of him sucking a cock and someone posted it on on Twitter. So, uh, why they did that, I have no idea. Was it happened. one whole cock? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't one whole cock. So, <laughs> so then Jeff, to his credit, because I actually wrote something about it. I actually posted on my uh, Instagram. I, I said, you know, listen, uh, 
I said, Jeff Molina, nothing but respect for Molina after watching him go down on a guy. He, he sucked way less than Cyril Gaon did in his last performance, right? And then Molina writes, I fucking hate you with like dead sign and like crying emoji. He posted that. So he he's a good, he's a really good sport. But he writes, so he wrote like, uh, he writes this fuck, well, this sucks, I'm by, right? Which is uh, TLDR, I don't know what that stands for. He goes, not the way I wanted to do this, but the chance to do it when I was ready has been taken from me. I tried to keep my dating life private, social media. I dated girls my whole life, suppressed feelings I had throughout high school, being on the wrestling team, throughout college, pursuing MMA, even after making the part of UFC. I'm pretty masculine, dude, and pro-e banter and sus sense of humor has always been how I am. The thought of my teammates, people looking up to me, I can't control something I couldn't fathom. And then he goes on, I'm dedicated to the last 11 years. I don't want to be known as the bi UFC fighter or the gay UFC fighter, right? To the awful, disturbed person that decided to post this shit, hope it was worth it. At the end of the day, I know my character, morals, who I am as a person. As much as I'm getting hated, shitted on, uh, getting an equal amount of support, that means a fuck ton. And he goes, and at least I'm not this guy, Ben, and he tagged him, his like, his, like buddy, right? So, which was like awesome on him, right? So everyone's saying like, Chris Curtis, you're a real one. You know, uh, Ariel Hawani goes, much love. And then cut to Sean Strickland, right? So... <laughs> we're like, oh, boy. so what is, <laughs> what is Sean Strickland? Like all these people like love you, sending love, respect, keep your chin up, all this shit. Right. And then Strickland, right. Like, what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> so like, uh, let's see what Sean Strickland writes. So he's not really impressed with this. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote him. Shocker. Uh, so where, where is Strickland? Uh, he writes, um, Fuck, where is Strickland? He basically wrote like, you know, no one gives a fuck. This is not 2000. Like the fact that you've been like uh, gambling and fucking this and that, like, you know, get over it. You know, blah, blah. why is everyone? First, he writes, you're so brave, you know, like, and then he just goes on about him. So, yeah. So he Strickland. was saying that the video was going to come out anyway. So why don't act like you decided to do this? Everybody knew about it already. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Now you're bravely coming out if there's a video of you sucking dick on you know online or whatever what strickland man he has a what was a what was it charlie murphy said that he was a habitual line stepper like strickland goes overboard man and that's coming for me which is pretty bad but he he says stuff that's mean-spirited like i always try to even if it was mean it was supposed to be funny you know i'm not trying to genuinely hurt anybody but strickland just says stuff that i can't believe they don't cut it i can't like no, the stuff right. he says. he writes jeff molina suspended indefinitely for rigging fights ruining mma Everyone's like, you're a piece of shit. Jeff Lina writes, I may have sucked a cock. Everyone writes, you're so brave. What the actual CNN is going on here? Bro, we don't care that you fuck dudes in 2023. We care that you're a piece of shit cheater. So, like, well, we don't know that he cheated. He's just, we don't know what happened. It hasn't, but that hasn't been concluded. So, and, and you know what, Sean, it is pretty brave with this dude being in the UFC to come out, especially after that video. So that's, it takes a lot of a lot of people would have just ran from the situation or not. So I disagree with Sean on that on, on that on that case right here. Um, no, not me. I'm saying that's what Strickland said. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about Sean Strickland. Yeah, yeah. No, not, oh, not, I thought you were saying me. I was like, I didn't yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't say what yeah, Sean you gotta specify with Sean on that one, Adam. Yeah, you gotta yeah, specify yeah, with Sean. Um, you know, T by the way, TLDR means too long, didn't read. It kind of just means that abbreviated version, then they give you the oh, full version, but uh, knowing you're probably not going to read it all. So yeah. that's I mean, what that means. 
you started with too long about a dick, and I got really confused with what was coming with DR. Like, uh, he put TLDR on his sucking dick video. Like, too long, didn't, I don't know. Too long. <laughs> didn't really enjoy it. Uh, try little dick with an R. I don't know what that R is. But, yeah, so, um, I mean, Melina, Melina, the minute he wrote, I'm available, I'm single. If any ladies or girls want to hang out, like, he, you know, he's doing it the right way, man. It's like when the girl shit herself in the octagon. And then she wrote like shit happens, you know, like that's the perfect way to deal with this is uh, just fucking, just get out right in front of it or behind it. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but yeah. So uh, Molina, I, I don't know. I man. There's I mean, a little bit of a pun intended there. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do you think about uh, the, the whole thing, Greg? I, I mean, listen, you know, he did what he he said. You know, it's better to just yeah. It's like look, your videos out there. Yeah, I'm by. I think you know it's funny. I feel like he was more clarifying that he wasn't just gay <laughs> than than anything. You know, he was like, listen, I admit it, I like dudes too, but I still love to eat that watermelon. So you know, why are you letting anyone take a video of you sucking a dick though? Like like on any like. But you're saying that as if he let them. He may not have known it was taken until somebody tried to blackmail him with it. Then he probably didn't go along with it, and then they went and posted it. I mean, well, you I must mean, be really good know. at sucking dick if you don't know someone's taping you, because you must be really into the cock. Because I was going to say, listen, I know when a girl has been blowing me, I want her focused. But you I don't come want, on. I, the last thing I want is her looking around like, is anyone want? <laughs> yeah. Although that takes, usually is. Sometimes she takes breaks. She spits. You know, she does. All, I mean, she looks at you, you make eye contact. I, you, you, I, I've never had a a girl suck my. I mean, maybe if I, I think a girl would know if I'm videotaping or blowing me. I mean, it just also seems, it's a different world. These kids, these young people, you know, these twenty somethings, they video everything. Maybe they're just used to it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of getting their dick sucked. Makwan Americani, oh. I said, the guy is great for one round. <laughs> yep. first, he wins every first round and then is completely gassed in the second round and loses. Yeah. Uh, th that is I'm amazed he's still, how is he still in the UFC? He loses every time. I don't understand <laughs> how he's still here. No, how he's not in Bellator or PFL or something, I have no idea. Every I'm glad I'm not still fighting because I would swear you guys were talking about me right now and I hadn't heard it over like the glitch of the computer. Like he gasped <laughs> after the first round. How is he even in the UFC? Like, wait, you guys talking about every, every fight on again? Every fight, you know, he's a great wrestler, but you can't wrestle for five minutes every round and scramble for five minutes and expect that yeah. it's gonna work. Um, fuck, I'll tell you, it was crazy. You see that one guy, Sam Patterson? So, Sean, I don't know if you saw the undercard. This guy gets knocked out like knocked out hard and then and then he gets up and he starts fighting the ref because he doesn't know where he is right and <laughs> luckily he was like 125 or something so the ref the ref was, it was mark goddard is a big dude so he didn't have it then he starts fighting his whole coaches he's fighting everybody i think like he gets up and starts going off on the whole didn't know where the fuck he was until probably three and they kept going to commercial <laughs> Like they would come back and he was still fighting people. <laughs> like, I gotta watch now. I have to go find a bootleg version of that. Yeah, yeah now I gotta watch that. Well, it's the prelim, so that's actually probably on ESPN yeah, Plus. I might, yeah, I was gonna say, I might, I might have to re sign up for ESPN it was a Plus quick just fight. to see it. That. Was a quick, it was one round. First, he, I don't think he shook the guy's hand. Yeah, a minute and 15 into the first. It was like he didn't shake the guy's hand. He's like T E L F. Like, yeah, too long. <laughs> didn't finish the fight. I don't know. I got nothing, dude. Too then, long. Uh, didn't fight.
Dude, then, uh, by the way, I got to say also, I, I love, he's a friend of mine, Brian Barbarena. I love the guy, but I, I don't like it when a guy loses, uh, which he lost to Gunnar Nelson. And then he, and then he raises the guy's hand. Like the guy just mm-hmm. tapped you out. And then you're like, look how good you're he like, is. <laughs> yeah. I told like he did it. He's the winner. I admit it. Listen, I admit it. I'm coming out as the loser. <laughs> like, I mean, why should I be more upset? Like, I'm sure you're upset you lost, but you sh- but people should not be more upset than the person who lost. Like, right. it shouldn't appear that way, that I'm more upset for you than you are, because you're smiling in the fucking octagon, raising the guy's hand, who just beat you. Bob Arena, but he's another one that, like, my, like how is he still here? Like, uh, he loses every fight. Like, it's like why are, why, how does he... I mean, these guys, they must be tomato cans, you know? They're like, no, they're trying no, to set no. up. They, I think he won the one before his last fight, but he took this on short notice. I think that was also it. He, he took, I think, when, I think you're. Listen, you're, I was a fan of Bob Arena. Bob, 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 Arena. I loved it. I was a big fan, and then he keeps losing. And I'm like, I can't support this guy anymore, man. You can uh, tell it was a short notice fight because he didn't come in with abs in this one like he normally does. I'm just joking. You always accept it. He raised the guy's head. It's like, remember the guy who, uh, remember when CM Punk, which everyone knew was going to be bad. Like, I called his buddy who trains him, and I said, how is he going to do tomorrow? The guy who writes back, texts back, not good. <laughs> like, his <laughs> trainer told me this. The guy who trains me this. Then he goes out there. Remember, he throws a fucking wild haymaker against Mickey Gall, who just ducks it, and then submits him in, a, in like a minute, right? A minute, it was the... What a what a bust! And then CM Punk is going around sh- raising the guy's hand, like 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 he did something. Wow, this guy's a chip off the old block. Or, He's a true champ. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adam left out on that story is that he asked James Krause, he was his coach, and he's the one that told him he wasn't doing good. So like, uh, really? Go ahead and uh, no. You no, just no, said you said his coach said, "How's he going to do? Not good." And you were going to be like, "How much should I put on it, Krause?" Because he's always setting it up. I got to tell you, who else would he go to a pro wrestler? Gunnar Nelson, he, he's he's competing with Don Fry for uh, Mustache of the Year. I'll oh, tell you that. Mustache. He's got a killer mustache. That mustache won the fight. And then uh, Veronica Hardy, Dan Hardy's wife. Yeah, uh, she looked great. What a boy. She looked like a totally different. She looked great. But the other girl was throwing Wait, Dan Hardy's wife fights in the UFC? Yeah. yeah. It was Veronica. It really does. Wife. I didn't know that. I I figured she would have been banned along with him. Usually they take that. Like, if you do something to UFC, it's like, it's me or your dad. When it was Randy Couture's son, basically. You know what I mean? Like, he was allowed to corner her, too. He was allowed to corner her, too. He cornered her. Hardy um, was? I thought yeah, he was. And now he's uh-huh. the, he's got a new job. He's the head of public relations, fighter relations over at the PFL. Like, Dan, dude, Dan, Dan Hardy is? Yeah. Meanwhile, Dan Hardy, by the way, uh, you, know, he, you know, we used to train together. I'm not going to pull the clip because Greg didn't believe me last time. Um, but... Hold on, real quick. Dan Hardy was not with Dana White. Is working for the UFC. Okay, Dan, no, you went to you trained with the guy one time. You make it sound like you guys were training. <laughs> no, we did. We trained probably for the fucking. We probably guy. trained about forty times. About no, forty times. Did. Yeah, I did one time. One he time. credits me as his coach before your eighth grade New England State Championship. I fucking you trained with this I, guy I, one time. You're such a bully. You're the biggest you're bully. Fucking... You and the purple. <laughs> I'm the bully? Yeah, you're you're the, bully. the one lying about everything. I'm not lying. Ask him. He put on the thing. Why would he put on the video, My Adam Hunter was my wrestling coach? Why would he say that if I coached him once? Well, I guess we know why he's out of the UFC. Oh, yeah, because of me. <laughs> uh, look, I trained with him. 
wrestling and he got taken down for five rounds straight for 25 minutes. So I obviously, I'm not saying I was this great coach. Uh, I didn't, you know, anyway, so Dan Hardy, by the way. Adam went on to coach Leon Edwards in wrestling after that. It's yeah. like, Dude, he, no, but so it's Dan Hardy, Dan Hardy, the British guy. That's what you guys are talking yeah, about. He's he, PFL. Uh, him and Dana White had a huge. No, he's working problem. at the PFL, PFL by, by not UFC. Oh, I thought you said they're working at the, the UFC's. Uh, no, P- no, not not the performance, performance training center. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. never mind. Sorry. Yeah. So Hart, Dan Hardy, by the way, uh, well, two things. Number one, he told me, by the way, that my first wedding was costing me a fortune, and I, he told me he he, he had a drive-through wedding with his first wife in Vegas, where they, you don't have to get out of the car. Like you just basically <laughs> you, you get out and take a picture. It's twenty five dollars, right? And then I pitched this to my wife, and she was like, cheaper than an actual drive-through. Like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, my wife said that would ruin takeout, right? For her, the rest of her yeah. life. Um, so, but the girl that she fought with was throwing gang punches, like, she was throwing the girl that Hardy fought, Greg, was yeah. throwing like those cholo punches where you wind yeah, up, yeah, yeah, like, wild <laughs> swings. yeah, wild swings, yeah. All right. She had a lot of street fighter in her. That was for sure. At a certain point, she just went to straight up straight street fighting. But you know, Veronica, it was a tough fight. She did great. I mean, they, they were they were smacking the shit out of each other. I really enjoyed that fight actually more than I. I think that was the one I I messaged you guys like this fucking first fight he is did. fire. Yeah, I mean, they were they were swing they were scrapping. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was a great fight and a great win for the heart. I think they should hire you two guys to get people to watch the preliminaries because every time I do this podcast, I want to go back and watch what I missed when I don't watch the prelims. Like it's always something crazy. I'm like, that really happened. I want to see that. I got to see cholo punches between a guy <laughs> fighting the ref and his team. Like the next fight, like I can't. I got to check it out. So we have Will Pounder just joined us. Um, Will Pounder is here. Uh, what's going on, Will? Hello? Well, he is driving, so th- this is definitely never going to have any audio or video issues. He's using Don Fry's uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi. Will Pounder, are you here? Hello? Uh, well, he's still connecting to audio. Audio's so coming on. There he is. Now he can probably hear us. There we go. What's happening? What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, not too shabby. You know, lived the whole life. So I was telling everybody how you, you came to my show and we talked and you were, you were actually, your story is crazy. You were in the military, <laughs> you were in the military, you were black belt, you got out of the military, you were in finance, you made all kinds of money. And then you became a porn star uh, named Will Pounder. You won all kinds of awards. And when I saw you in Las Vegas last week, people were paying you $5,000 or I don't want to say the number, but a lot of money to fuck their wives in front of them. Correct? They're paying you five thousand dollars. I won't say the number though. <laughs> I, I can ta- I can take out the number. Uh, I'll take out the number. You want me to? Uh, they were paying you a lot of money to bang their wives in front of them. Correct? Yes, uh, but it wasn't in that order of events. It was the Marine Corps. I started a jujitsu club in the Marine Corps, and then I broke my back when I got out. Couldn't walk for two years. Reverse engineered a video game. Got a job as a change management specialist. Uh, created the job as a project manager at UCSD, fell on a mainstream acting, lost the bet on a por- on a mainstream acting set, filmed a porno, thought it was a prank, <laughs> then the, ended up winning a bunch of awards in porn. Thought it was a joke, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. What, what was the porno you thought was a prank? 
So when I was filming this military TV show, uh, it was a bunch of military, a bunch of vets. And so I was pranking everybody. Like, don't, I, I, I don't like to be entertained. So if I'm on set for 16 hours not doing anything, I'll find ways to have fun. And so I did. And, uh, you know, each as each week went by filming this movie, the pranks kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I thought they were going to get me back. And so I thought this whole porn thing, I thought it was a joke. I mean, come on. Like, who goes to a, who loses a bet and ends up as a porn star? Like, I thought it was a fucking joke. Yeah. So, like, uh, so I go to the, I go to the shoot, and, uh, like, the, 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 they're shooting me in, like, the every single scene and every single take. He's like, oh, he's a natural. Oh, you're good. There's a smoke up my fucking ass, you know? And uh, so that's literally. Why I thought, literally. So I thought it was a joke. And um, so... You know, because like you shoot mainstream, you'll shoot the same scene like 30 fucking times. And so here we are, and it's like one shot. Oh, you're one hit wonder. Oh, you're natural. Da, da, da. Like this whole thing, this whole episode of my first porno. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, then it comes down for where she's going to like whip my dick out. And I'm like, all right, well, if I was the guys and I was pranking myself, I would probably run out and point and laugh when the dick comes out, you know? So I think in like in my head I was like, all right, I got to get in the mood so he's not just some little Willie that pops out, you know, because you know I'll never live that one down with with these guys. So like I'm all getting in the mood and so I'm like, all right, ready. So she goes to whip it out. I'm looking around like left and right, like I'm waiting. Then she puts it in her mouth, and I stop for a second and I kind of look around and nobody nobody comes running out. I was like, oh, I guess shit, this is a porno. So I was like, well, fuck it, we're already here, might as well do it. <laughs> so that's kind of how that happened. I've been paid to leave porno sets. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same. They were like, can oh. you put that away and just leave? And I'm like, okay. So you won an award for that porno? Uh, it wasn't that one, but I ended up winning awards every single year since I've been in. That one just, that one did really, really well on, on Pornhub. It just kind of skyrocketed the career. Well, at least we know how Jeff Molina got into got his video film the other night. Even it was a prank. By the way, you're with Sean McCorkle, uh, ex UFC star who who uh, submitted Mark Hunt in 59 seconds, <laughs> and and one of the funniest people I know, Greg Romero Wilson. So uh, and then obviously with AVN, a winner. Now you just shot a scene last week with Stormy Daniels, right? Yeah, it was for her production, which was very interesting because that was the first time I've ever had to deal with. Donald Trump interrupting anything in my life, like physically. <laughs> well, I, I, never, I never thought in a million years that I would actually have to have my production or anything that I do in a day-to-day -day life interrupted by the actual motherfucking Donald Trump. Oh, please tell us so, this story. Uh, Wait, what, what? He came out to the set? No. So, um, basically, so what happened was is... You know, like Stormy Daniels was all over the news uh, lately with, with all that stuff that went on like, you know, like seven years ago or whatever. And um, so she needed to go like testify or something like that. And so this was in the middle of this production. So on the last day, we were all pulling in like 16 hour days. I think I slept four hours at night for like the whole week I was there just because we were trying to cram in as much as we could because we don't know what this the last day is going to look like. And so, uh, so he like sure enough, she's got to go in and, and testify. And so, like our whole day gets shot. The la it's the last day of filming out there, um, where where we're located. I don't want to put that out there yet because it's that's her business. Right. But uh, so when that happened, I had like three hours to kill at the airport. And so, 
uh, one of my co-stars, he's like, yo, there's a river like, like 20 minutes away. So we borrowed a car, took a bunch of mushrooms and went down onto a river <laughs> and they fucking, and I was sitting there like, oh, this is, sun is shining. None of this raining shit that's going on down here. Sun is shining. I thought my shrooms are kicking in. I'm in a fucking kayak on a river. That's just like, they started swimming, yelling at me like, yo, you coming? I was like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to take a nap. So I knocked out on the fucker uh, on the river and just fucking drifted until I hit a tree. Then then I woke up. <laughs> I was thinking in my head, I was like, I'm not going to paddle my ass back up this fucking river while I'm on mushrooms. I don't know what they were thinking. They were on mushrooms and they're all like gung-ho. And they get back and they're like, yeah, we kind of wish we wouldn't have paddled. But yeah. yeah. So that, that was that was the trip. Like Donald Trump interrupted the production day. Which, wow. because of that, I got to float down a river on mushrooms. Well, so that was you know, fun. that's also you guys' party, partially your fault for shooting at Mar-a-Lago. So maybe... <laughs> we weren't shooting at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I, know, I know, you're like, Obviously. I don't want to give away the location. So what was the movie, though? It was it was you and Stromy were the stars of the movie? No, she's a, uh, she's the director of the movie. She directs now. Oh, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. You know, I was a little surprised uh, to find out that Will was a star. I thought he's more of a character actor uh, in the point. Like, I thought he more really engrossed in the role. I don't know. That was a terrible joke. So, uh, now now you told me, uh, you, you do about, because I asked you, I said, so, because I remember these these husbands were hiring you to bang their wives. And I said, well, what um, like, what if you get paid by the hour? Like, what if you finish in like three oh, minutes? Yeah, and also, do you get that like on Indeed.com or? <laughs> So yeah, no, they, end up, uh, they usually end up uh, DMing me on social media or sending me an email. And I, I thought of when I first, the first one, I, I haven't done this yet, but it's been very tempting. To, well, actually, I did do it that one time. You know, anyhow, aside from that, um, I thought it was entertaining. I thought this was a crack of shit. But then next thing I know, it's like they like it. And so I was like, all right. So every time this couple comes into town, they pay me a bunch of money and I go bang his wife while he watches. Now, you said that you make them have a, a AIDS test, right? HIV test or a herpes I make test? them get a full panel. Uh, they get a full panel test. The same test that I have to get for work, I make them get. Right. Now, nice. but I said, now, what if you're like three minutes or four minutes, you just show up, bang them and leave. You get paid by the hour. But then you said, listen, I shoot like four scenes a day. So you just go until she comes, right? Um, well, the way I look at it is if, if I enjoy that or like with that person or whatever, with that experience, then I wanted to get paid to do it again. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to do a good job. It's like yeah. if you're doing a job that you don't like, suck at that job and nobody will hire you to do it again. Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm being paid to fuck somebody's wife, it's because they're about to get a divorce. <laughs> and he, and he's decided, you know what? Go in there and punish her with it. <laughs> Make her regret uh, every decision. You ever know, made. I would have when I was in the UFC. I would have that proposed to me all the time. I never got offered any money for it, but I have it proposed to me all the time. And I always assumed it was a setup to be robbed. Like I always thought they were trying somebody was trying to set me up to rob me or something. And so I would usually uh, react very negatively to that, and I'd be like, "Yeah, you guys think you're gonna set me up and rob me?" And then they would act weird about it, but. I didn't know that world existed until I got in the UFC, that people would uh would okay, want to okay. do that. Like, All right, so check this out. <laughs> like, So there's this, like, social line of, like, how people operate. And then the day that I became a porn star, oh, for whatever reason, I, I can't tell you what, what it was, but now I appeared on the other side of this line. And everything has been 
the exact opposite. Uh, and people, like, so when I like start talking to people and they find out I'm a porn star, all of a sudden they want to talk about all their sexual shit for no fucking like even people that I lived with. I was I had uh, I had some roommates uh, in Southern California that I was living with when I uh, got into the industry, and that shit got fucking weird. Like I'm talking like some like like what the fuck? Like you don't just tell somebody that you know. Um, like for example, like for example, the uh, one one of the persons like once he found out I was a porn star, actually yeah he he kept wanting me to bang his girlfriend, but I wasn't really into his girlfriend. I, like frankly, I just really wasn't into his girlfriend, but he wanted me to bang her, and I was like, you don't you don't shit in your own backyard, you know. So I, would, you know, I was I was about to do that, and then uh, then the other one he uh, turned out. Years later, he told me, you probably already know this, but I'm by, you know, so if you wanted to work together or shoot some content, I was like, oh, I, I appreciate your honesty, man, but uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good. Just don't drink all my orange juice in the fridge, okay? That's it. I like, appreciate that. Thank you, and Mr. Melina. I think the weirdest one, yeah. the weirdest one out of all this, and, uh, and to this day, this one is still probably the weirdest thing I've ever actually encountered being across this fictitious fucking line. So they had this friend. There's this, this chick. And so I'm in, I'm in the house. I'm trying to go to bed and she's following me everywhere. She wouldn't shut up. And, uh, she's off. She's emotionally distressed because she just went through a breakup. And so she finally tells me about her breakup and she figures that it's okay to tell me because I'm a porn star. <laughs> and so I, I know that, that, that is why that is the, the justification for telling me this story. So she goes on to tell me about how lucky that she was to experience dating her stepbrother. Oh God! And that I make I make movies about that, but she got to live it. And I'm sitting here like, oh, no. oh my gosh, what the fuck did I get myself into right now? Yeah, so that was a that was an experience. That's terrible. That's, that's <laughs> I like how they can blame their life decisions. Like you inspired me. Like, like hey, hold on. I was like, not put this on me. All, first of all, I know how the whole step stuff actually got started. It wasn't by some fucking cabal conspiracy fucking shit going on there. What happened was I literally actually talked to the directors who actually were the ones that filmed the shit when it first started. It all started because. They were running out of ideas to shoot on a set one day, and one of them just said, fuck it, just fuck a stepbrother. And they're like, I mean, that's not against the law, is it? They're not blood-related. Yeah, sure, fuck it, whatever. So they threw it out there, and they sh they, that's just what they did the film. And then it broke the internet. Oh, yeah. And, so, and so, so it wasn't that there was some secret organization or thing that was actually trying to build this, this whole genre up. It was literally all these fucking people that wanted to watch it and it, it literally that's what broke it so they kept shooting those and they yeah. kept outperforming every other scene but you were telling me so I, how, like, it seems like all they make are those fucking stepbrothers stepdad step scenes i know and i'm like is this the only thing they make now because i it awesome. does nothing for me but well, yeah. well there's something else to consider as well so Oren goes to the entire world and so they're basing it off the analytics on how it performs on the hub and so when you're looking at the hub, the majority of those viewers are actually in other countries. Oh, God. So the, the trending topics that are typically happening on these hub pages and stuff like that aren't even all the American viewpoints. It's not what the Americans want. It's what most of the other world wants. And I've noticed that there's like there's different niches around the world 
like any any of my fans from India, they're really big into armpits. Like armpits, armpits is like their thing. Why? Real? Oh, Why? Okay. But how do they? I think. Do I think. I, I. I think it has something to do with their cuisine. Uh, there's a similar. I think Will is trying to pull us across that imaginary line. Is what I'm trying to do right now. What they, like, I'm giving you like, a little bit of insight into, into my world. But they want you to. Uh, bang, yeah. They want you to bang someone's armpits. No, it's like, uh, like for example, I got paid like 500 bucks to make a video where I'm sniffing and licking my armpit. <laughs> Your own armpit. My own armpit. Just nothing fancy, just like. And here I've been doing it for free. <laughs> I'm so mad. I left so much money on the table. I had no idea. No, but Will, you also told me that like the reason there's like five male porn stars is someone made a movie right one time, right? Where they had a tryout and a hundred guys tried to become porn stars and no one and no one succeeded. It's more than that. It's, it's got a 99% fail rate. Like, so this here's the whole story, and you actually know him. Uh, you know Dave. Yeah. He, he was the he was the cameraman for this. So the producer comes up to him, and he's like, "We want to find the next big male porn star." And so, uh, they he's like, "It's not going to happen." And so he insists it's not going to happen. He says, no, we're gonna we're gonna search for an audition. We're gonna do this, and he's very insistent it's not going to happen. He's like, "Look, every four years you get one good guy. Every nine years you get one really great guy. Outside of that, I've never seen anything different." in the whole time he's been in so they're like, okay so he's like well i'll tell you what i'll film it if you pay me up front so they said deal so they auditioned they uh they i think they read like over three thousand submissions for it narrowed all the way down to like 300 applicants for it so they brought all they brought these the the top of the line out of all those applicants that they thought would actually be able to do it they brought them in uh, into a set now the set that they brought him into, the girl was fucking smoking hot. She was inviting. She was really nice. She wasn't how a lot of girls are when no one knows who you are. Like, if you're a nobody, you're not going to work with any big name girls. You're going to work with, you know, like your, your B and C list studios that are just ball, trying to ball on a budget, basically. So it's not really the greatest experience and nobody wants to be there. But in this girl, she wanted to be there in the video. You could, you could clearly see that. And so out of, out of the 300 guys, that it came in through there. Oh, oh, what? This is like. It's going to come back. He, he just hit the dead spot. He'll be back. Oh, man. What do you think? Wait, so? I think he's right. back. So, he's okay. back. He's back. Right. Okay. All right. So, of so the 300 guys, 300 guys. Yeah. Out of 300 guys, how many do you think actually got hard? Uh, I, uh, Seven? At least a dozen. Okay. We got a dozen. Any other guesses? I say zero. Seven. Okay, zero, seven, four. Four. Four got hard. And then guess how many stayed hard after the camera came out? <laughs> zero. 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 Now, guess how many got hard again after the camera came out? Me. Oh, zero. <laughs> One. Point five. <laughs> <laughs> One guy got really so, <laughs> so, they found, so they found the guy. 1.5. No, 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 no. 1.5 got it hard again. The 0.5, he came with a limp dick on his way to get hard. Oh, oh, oh my so, god. The one, the one guy got it hard, and then by the time the camera came out again, 
lost it, and couldn't get it back. So out of 3,000 applications, 300 auditions, zero actually penetrated the porn star. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. And that, that never happened to you? No. You, you get hard every single time. Yeah, I've never failed a scene, and I now, shoot multiple you, scenes a do day. Do you do you use any medical enhancements? You know, the Viagra's or anything, or herbal supplement? Nothing. Just straight will pounder. <laughs> and how big well, is your Johnson? How big is it? Like lengthwise, girthwise? Oh come on! Uh, you know he's just a little guy. You don't no, come on! Him. You don't make money with the little guy. No way! You gotta be. Able to, <laughs> what you got nine? You got a niner? You posting a niner? What you got? You don't got to reach the end of the tunnel. You just got to beat the shit out of the walls. <laughs> I am putting wow. that on a t-shirt. I'm going to wear that everywhere. Wow. All right. So, all right. So back to MMA. So are you still a black belt? Uh, so I technically don't even have a belt. <laughs> Wait, do you think you lost his black like he got demoted? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no, so here's the story. So I... I, I did Nogi with, I uh, started with Barrett Yoshida, started the jiu-jitsu club in the Marine Corps. Um, then I went professional in, in, the, in Nogi and started teaching the armory grappling team. And I was competing, competing in a, advanced and pro divisions in my first year of doing the sport. And so I just skipped all the belts and I would just go train with all the pros and I would go teach seminars and go coach and all this kind of stuff. And I never actually went through the belt process. Yeah. Gazi Parman, Gazi Parman gave me a blue belt to go teach a seminar in a gi, and I told her I was like, I don't really want a belt because it it does. I already got belts that hold up my pants, and it doesn't uh, make me any better. Like my first year, I was submitting black belts in competitions. My my actually my first uh my first pro tournament it last my first pro fight in the sport was about like I think it was like eighteen seconds. Wow, wow. That's awesome. That's what it's in the whole belt thing. He's right. The no gi, they won't give you a uh, really what it is is they want to be able to teach you jujitsu for 25 years and without gi tricks, they can't do that. You know what I mean? Like they can't uh they can't do that. But that's stuff, that whole belt thing. People used to ask me what my belt was. I said with the gi, a white belt, without one, maybe purple belt. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just depends on what you want to do. But the whole belt thing is just a scam they came up with, man, to uh so, so I got jujitsu. So, so I got a photographic memory, and I, I learned ridiculously quick. I could watch a video and turn around and go on and apply it. And I've done that in some fights before. I watched a YouTube video on X-Guard, and then I ran out there and ran a whole X-Guard series of sweeps and into the submissions. Like, that's just how my brain works. And so I never, I never like, stayed at one place long enough because my rule of thumb is if I can, if I can stalemate or beat my coach – then I need to go to some place that's that I'm getting my ass kicked so I can keep upping my game. That's right. true. So 100%. within like the first yeah. So within the first two years, I went through like three different schools and uh, I ended up tra uh, training with uh, right when I got out of the military, I was training with Andre Gabao. He was coming in and teaching over at the, the Black House for the pro team. Wow. And so he changed my game a lot because I was I was overly technical, and because most of the guy, most of the guys, uh, the competition and the sport, once you get into it, it's like very very technical. And then Andre Gamal, when he came in, he just he just went to fucking Smashville, and it was like he smashed out most of my technique, and so I had to relearn how to do against an insane amount of pressure, and then incorporate the uh, the technique that actually works under that kind of pressure. 
And then that, that version of the game was way more successful than the, the game that I had initially. Well, you know what's funny is most guys are full of shit about having a black belt. Just hearing him talk, he's 100% trained a lot and knows what he's talking about. It's uh, that whole uh, – I actually submitted both teachers, both places I went my first week of jiu-jitsu, but I outweighed them by 175 pounds. So it wasn't that impressive. But, uh, no, it is true, man. That's a whole other world when guys – I'll tell you what's confusing. I'm sure he knows. When guys don't do everything by the book, it gets really – it can mess with you sometimes because you expect them to – to go, you know what I mean, half guard, side control, me on belly. And when they do something weird that you're not expecting like that, it can really throw you off, man. Like really throw um, – the, uh, That's my whole game. Stuff. My whole yeah. game is counterintuitive. It's uh, – I run a – are you familiar – have you ever – are you familiar with Barrett Yoshida? Uh, I know the Yoshida name, but I may not be thinking of the same guy. Um, so he runs uh, – he's the one I learned – like I learned it from. He never taught it to me, but he submitted everybody with it. And I was like, well, statistically, that move is outperforming everything I'm doing, so I'm going to learn that one. Right. And so I spent a whole year and only used a crucifix. And I, I've had the highest success rate running the crucifix choke series from there. Um, it, it's That that game is uh, – I even talked to Gordon Ryan about this. And because I thought I might like – because I, uh, I was training with Gordon Ryan after one of his seminars. And I was saying, well, I think this one actually has a has an advantage. And he's like, actually, I started training with this. This is the first series I've ever learned. And he's like, my coach was insistent on it. And I was like, well, that explains a whole lot. Because when I introduce the baseline of that game into the sport, it, it shakes everyone out. Because if you touch a leg, you're in a crucifix. And if I catch head control and you reach your hand up to defend it, you're in a crucifix. And like, there's so many, there, it's the most yeah. easily accessible game outside the leg lock game and even within the leg lock game if you don't play the leg locks right it, you open yourself up into a crucifix series what's next for will pounder well i'm headed back out to vegas yet again and i've decided i'm going to take a week off just because i've been doing nothing but back-to-back -back movies and i haven't even slept two nights in my in my in my home in like in months so i'm gonna head back and take a little vacation and then it looks like I might be moving back to California in, uh, in June, but I do launch my uh, VIP page, my content and stuff like that, um, the beginning of next month. So if you actually want to know like, where like the adult industry is headed, I, I would not really, I would strongly recommend focusing on self-generated con uh, content versus uh, doing mainstream. Treat mainstream adult as marketing and then build your own stuff. Yeah, and that's great. Right about Will, Will, I would just like to say before you leave, as an American and an avid porn viewer, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was waiting. I knew Greg was going to work in. Thank you for your service at some point. I was waiting for it. I knew it. <laughs> thank you, Will. Well, well to any of the ladies that are watching this, thank you for your service. <laughs> hey! Thank you all right, that was that was Will Pounder. Uh, Ashley Gambino, how are you? I'm doing as good as I can, I guess. I am so sorry about what happened with your kid. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, how how's your husband? How's how's Trap? Uh, what's going on? Well, I mean, he's he's been holding us together. Um, I don't really know what to say. I mean, we've been through so much in the last couple of months that, like, if I even start to explain it i i tear up it's, it's like a this movie you just can't even script it's insane uh, here's my heart catheter by the way <laughs> this thing oh. is is in my chest for i don't know how long probably for good um 
I have a incurable rare heart and lung disease called hypertension, pulmonary hypertension. Um, mine is actually severe pulmonary hypertension. It's um, at the later stages. Well, anyways, uh, the pressure in my lungs when it was found was five times the amount that it should have been. And as a result, the right side of my heart is now twice the size that it should be because it was trying to make up for that pressure and pump the blood. Uh, This is something that's been brewing for years, but it's so rare that it just hasn't been diagnosed. Um, Now that I know about it, I think I was lucky to make it through Carmine's birth because uh, that's when they found that my oxygen was dropping uh, whenever I would lay down. do any type of activity, my oxygen would drop if I just walked to his crib right after he was born. Um, To an extent, it had kind of balanced out, um, but I was still having somewhat oxygen problems. And then it got way worse when I was pregnant with our last baby. And that's um, when they found it, when we were randomly in Ohio um, by the specialty doctors, the few and far between specialty doctors that there are for pulmonary hypertension. Well, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through this. Uh, uh, you know, it's amazing, Adam, not to, to jump in, but um, my daughter had to have open heart surgery. She had a hole in her heart when she was five and we didn't know, like had no idea. And the guy that found it wasn't even a heart doctor. He found it by accident, like checking something else. He was a really good other kind of doctor. And uh, she had some, she was a neurologist and she was twitching her eye a lot. We just wanted to make sure it was just a habit, not something wrong with her neurologically. And he was like, do you, uh, do you get her heart with that? She has a murmur. And we're like, oh, no, we know. They said it's fine. He goes, it's not fine. He said, there's something wrong, you know, or whatever. And it turned out we took it to a real doctor. Because doctors in Indiana suck, but really nationwide, they're the worst, man. They don't care. It's not their kid. It's not their wife. They don't do anything. But, yeah, most people I know that find out something like that, like she said, was never diagnosed. Could have been diagnosed if they cared or if they took the time, but they're just trying to get you in and out and out of there as quick as possible. And any doctor, cardiologist that would have looked at her test probably would have known if you know what I mean, if they cared enough to look, you know, it's sad, really. They uh, my daughter could have died from it. they said it was already stressing her lungs at five years old. We would have never known if we if she wasn't twitching her eye and she would have died, they said, before she was 13 years old. They said that, that we would have we would have never known in her like it was already shown stress. None of the her pediatrician didn't notice anything. No, oh, it's a heart murmur, it'll go away, you know. They don't, uh, but if it was their kid, I bet they would go for follow up tests, you know, or whatever they would they would order. But when it's you or yours, they don't. Doctors are the worst, I think so. So a lot of them are, I, I agree with you. And I'm so sorry that you went through that. Um, no, but I, I have to admit, like I, I have had a, a, a really bad opinion about doctors most of my life, but I will admit that the doctors at the Cleveland clinic main campus, they did save my life. And yeah. in a moment where I really needed them to, I was, I was like the hiccup away from death. Literally. I might've had a week or two left. And um, so sometimes, sometimes they do know what they're doing and know what they're saying but you got to find the right ones that's all right well you have to go to the cleveland clinic i'm going to mayo clinic here next month because i'm tired of the mayo's good too cities, you mayo's know? And good it just, when i went to a doctor in germany and i was my mind was blown when you're dealing with a somebody that's really really good versus somebody that just wanted to be a doctor and went to med school you know or whatever but it's uh the i was it was between the cleveland clinic and the mayo clinic and uh the mayo clinic is actually uh better as far as what they take on my insurance and when you're dealing with things that might be hundreds of thousands of dollars like i gotta have back surgeries and stuff like you uh it does make a difference but it's uh yeah the cleveland clinic's awesome i've heard i've heard that they are 
that's where the best doctors go. They're in the Mayo Clinic and places like that. They don't go to your local hospital, you know, and be an ER doctor. So, um, yeah, the, the nurse I trusted the most also suggested Mayo. So they're very, very good. Yeah. So Ashley, I was trying to like explain you guys before the show. So I go, you guys came to my show. You're very nice. You, I am a big fan of you and your husband. But every time I, you guys came on the show, I would get hate mail from people that were like, <laughs> why are you getting these people on the show? They're the fucking biggest, they blah, blah, blah. And then like your husband is like this what, 400 pound guy who's always starting shit with people online. And I'm entertained by him because he's he's funny, but it's well, always- Well, to, to be fair, he's usually just finishing it. <laughs> right, you're, you're starting shit with people. But but I feel like you actually like, um, not that he's bad, but he has a lot of work to do. He's getting better at, at fighting. You were on Fremont Street boxing people when you were pregnant. Uh, no, was, not while I was pregnant. That, oh, that is a misconception. I was only okay. taking pictures while I was pregnant, promoting fit pregnancy at the time. Okay. Um, but but I did have a lot of fun on Fremont, and I handled myself so very well. And I really, really, that, that place will always hold a special place in my heart. So, I mean, what, <laughs> now you, you go down to Fremont. Come to Fremont, I'm sorry, is that Las Vegas? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, like, oh, okay. it's like the OG strip of Las Vegas. Right. Okay. I was making sure I knew I'd heard it, but I wasn't positive where we're talking about here. Now there's videos of you. So what would you do? You would take your boxing gloves down and then you would charge people to fight you on the strip or on Fremont? Well, he, here was, it was, there was rules and I would tell everybody the rules and, and, you know, it would turn real more often than not. And, and every once in a great while, if I was working with an actual fighter, who knew how to be constructive. I would let it be a little bit live and have fun. But but the, here's the thing, like the rules were we're not going to actually try and hit each other. I would hand a pair of boxing gloves to a willing participant that wasn't completely belligerently drunk. Yeah. And what we would do is play fight each other. Uh, the goal was to shadow box each other. And, you know, if they accidentally hit me, then fine. I'm not going to be mad at that. But then if they're purposely hitting me after they said they understood the rules, I'm going to hit them back and let them know that just because I'm not doesn't mean I can't. And Got I'm going to make them stop. And, and that happened a lot. And then there's a then there's a video. I talked about the Dr. Phil thing. We're trapped on Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil said, you're not going to be a fighter. What are you doing? But you guys were set up or something. And you wanted to expose Dr. Phil. Like what, what happened there? No, no, we didn't. No. It's not like we want to expose Dr. Phil. The, the guy himself was actually really nice. We had about an hour and a half long conversation on the show. Yeah. But they cut into maybe a half hour. Right. Um, you know, the producers are snakes, but I guess they kind of are in all TV. What are you going to do? And uh, uh, and there's, you know, a lot of the answers that we gave were, were misplaced in the editing. And, and most people don't understand that. And, and they're very gullible. So <laughs> that's right. what TV's for. <laughs> and there's a, then it's like he's a rapper, right? Because there were videos of him the, on like the desert with like five black women in a limo. And he's and he's drinking champagne and like what? <laughs> you got to yes, be. Yes, Sean, you got to meet this guy. I feel like you would get. So I was trying to look. I've seen his face. I do recognize him. So I've seen him on. I don't know what, but I've seen. I saw him looking on my phone. I've seen him on something, but I don't know. The underground. He got, he got like a hundred people mad at him on the underground. People want like that's, I've never that's seen my guy. that's my life story. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but I've never seen a guy have people like like showing up to his gym, like they were yeah. showing up to fight him. With, with video, oh camera. yeah, yeah. This one time he went to Utah. We, you know, when we were living in Las Vegas, and he went, he went to Utah to train. And this other guy drove like maybe two or something hours to get to that gym because he knew he was going there. 
originally as a hater wanting to fight him and then realizing, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't fight this guy and respecting him by the time he left and now they're on good terms. Oh, good, good, good. So, so what's, but, but then Trap posted he's starting a cult. Is he started, what, what was that about? I know, and you kind of have to talk to him about that one. <laughs> it sounds like he's trolling the hell out of a lot of people, especially on the underground. It's so funny, man. When I, I used to be the underground legend, like hero, that's how I actually got a UFC contract by talking trash on the underground. Like that's how they got to know me is because I would claim someone set up a fake account for me and started saying that I could, I was claiming all these things that weren't true. And so I just went with it. Like I was like, I took over the account and just kept saying, I like, look how much attention I'm getting. And then uh, they started doing that. But yeah, I had, I would get people so mad and people are like, don't you hate it when you lose a fight and the whole underground turns against you? I was like, no, I went to an underground party one time. If you would have seen the people that post on the underground, I don't really, I'm not really worried about what those people think about <laughs> whatever yeah, they yeah. are. It is an odd collection of people, to say the least, the underground people. So, like, it's uh, most of them, it looks, it was like emo people who look like serial killers, who look like they did live in a mom's <laughs> basement, you know? So, like, they're like, that guy doesn't think my stand-up's very good. Well, I'll probably be all right. You know, like, I don't know that he's actually the the uh, expert, but the, uh, yeah, the underground is a scary place. Those people on there, man, they are. Uh, someone, and then you guys raised money for a funeral, and, some, and then someone stole the money? Uh, yeah, so uh, here's what happened. Um, uh, a certain family member of his had started a GoFundMe not even 24 hours after Tana passed away. And I wasn't asked permission for that to be started or anything like that. Um, I found out about it by randomly seeing it online, actually. Uh, and so um, that money was promised to us when we made it to Ohio because we decided to bury her there as where most of our families at. And... Um, you can just bury somebody once in Ohio. I don't know if you know this, but in the desert, you have to you have to continue to rebury them. So that's also something you have to consider. Wait, what? Because um, of the ground. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy situation. But anyways, that's that's off subject. So um, we got to Ohio, and it's time to plan her funeral. And I, I called the guy, and and I say, can you please give us the money that's been raised so that we can plan our daughter's funeral? And he told me no. Uh, he said no. I'm not going to give it to you. And and I and I started trying to to nice him to death because right now I'm desperate. My daughter's passed away, and he has her funeral money. And he just wasn't having it. It wasn't working, you know. And and he just ended up. The last things that he said to me was he was yelling at me over the phone and said, "It's not about your daughter." And he hung up the phone. And that's the last time I spoke to him. Now, so since then, um, is there like a? How can we help? Is there any way we can help? Now well, GoFundMe's got to be able to take the money back, right? That can't be right. Like you can't just raise money and not give it to the person. Like, isn't there some kind of? I'm trying to work with law enforcement and with GoFundMe, and, and here's the thing: they're also against me. Um, I was being led, misled by the Worcester Police Department because they're and they have um, their friends with the guy that stole the money and they assigned me to a certain police officer that is also friends with him like very close friends and he refused to file the case and I then at that point was a little nervous to continue pursuit while I was within their jurisdiction so now I filed federally and I will go ahead and continue to pursue that situation um but at this point there's nothing i can do um yeah but i'm still working on it 
uh, right now I have to gather myself now that I'm home and, and get myself together and then I'll get all those things taken care of. But what we've done in the meantime is we have started our own GoFundMe that is on both mine and my husband's page. Um, they're pinned at the top and we still have to raise money for our daughter's headstone. We don't have the money for that. So, um, that's a lot of what the GoFundMe is for. And then to help with just a little bit of living costs and stuff because of, I mean, I just one month's supply of my medicine for this pump that is attached to me for the rest of my life is two huge boxes of medicine <laughs> and it's expensive and it's, I have to mix it every 48 hours. I just mixed it last night. You have to be very sterile and clean with the process because uh, oh. the, the line is going directly into your heart. So, um, it's, it's something else. It's just a lot to handle. And so if anybody wanted to share our GoFundMe or donate to it, we would be extremely grateful for that. Um, I have a headstone picked out. Uh, we just need to be able to pay for it. Man, I don't know how to say this, uh, make this funny. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Ashley. I'm sorry. you got. <laughs> there is no funny, right? <laughs> like, oh, I, don't, I don't even know what fuck. to say either. Holy fuck. I was gonna, I don't know. Sean, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> you want to help? Yeah, need I? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I don't. I don't really have any jokes. <laughs> on that. I've usually got jokes, but I'm sorry. Last yeah, well, last that's... time you came on, you and Jenny Savage went at it and had a rank out contest. Uh, that was oh, probably yeah. one of the funniest episodes we ever had. Uh, that was funny. The the one with Miss Star was funny too. That one was fun. Now what that's happened with other. now what happened with Trap? Because Trap did fight in Florida, right? You got to see this fight, Sean. Yeah, so he doesn't throw a punch for three rounds for three minutes. It's the it's the but then he throws a punch and somehow not, and knocks the he misses but knocks the guy down like he barely hit him and he gets on top oh, he, and, and he starts beating the shit out of this guy. It was he hit crazy. him hard and then Trap can hit hard. But then he gets up and his leg gives out. Like he, what happened there? Well, see, a lot of things you guys don't know. Like, for example, his knee, that is a pre-existing injury. When we first got to Las Vegas, it got injured in that random competition that he joined in last minute. Uh, but he didn't tell anybody about it. And it's been bothering him ever since. And so when he landed really hard on it, uh, with my education on knees, I believe that his meniscus is messed up and, and it jammed it somehow. Now, now the, guy so, said, um, the guy said trap offered him money to lose the night before. Is that true? No, no, that guy was getting trolled by the trolls and he's just not smart enough to know that. <laughs> okay, so Trap didn't try like Someone game. from the underground wasn't smart enough to know they're being trolled. I find that unbelievable. No, <laughs> no, I'm saying the opponent, he's just not smart enough. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not the full box of crayons, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, why does Trap keep getting, now why does he keep getting thrown out of gyms? Because he, like, he keeps going to gyms and then he posts like, I'm on my journey, greatest gym ever. And three days later, it's a different gym. Like, what, what's going on? Well, I mean, I went to a lot of different gyms myself while I was training. And personally, I like that look at training because you get to see it from all kinds of different angles and develop your own style. Yeah, I think that's part of what made me as good as I was. Uh, uh, and, and man, if, if I ever get a chance to get a random cure for this and they say I'm allowed to compete again, I am taking my world title with no questions asked. So Ashley, like I, I knew this, I was not looking forward to this interview because I know how hard you've been going through and, and I know this podcast is usually ridiculous. So I'm like, how am I going to make this 
So it is funnier with your husband because he's such a character. Dude, you got to see this guy. Yeah. Sean. He walks around wearing a matching, like, Giorgio Armani, whatever, with gold chains, sunglasses, and, and, and a fucking big thing that says trap. And then <laughs> he just goes around pissing everybody off. But you meet them. So is he the actual Trap Gambino, the rapper that I've heard about? I've heard that no, name. So is no, he the one? No, And I think his name is like Will Stevens or something, right? It's not even like his name. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I mean, is that, what's his rap name? Well, yeah, what's his rap yeah, name? Everybody knows him by Trap Gambino. He's Trap That's Gambino. I've heard of Trap Gambino before. I just didn't know if it's the same one or if he's trolling. Yeah. Or he, he's a super heavyweight, and he has actually had, had that nickname Trap since he was a baby. A lot of people misunderstand that. Trap's been his nickname for a very long time. Uh, so that that is his name <laughs> i like him i like you and i'm sorry you're going through this shit and i will i'll post out the links and all this stuff thank you uh, and ashley hang in there i don't know what to say honestly just hang in there and i'm sorry you're going through this well i'm trying super hard to be iron woman right now um you know i i, I have put myself in front of all these fans and i don't want to just disappear um but i don't know if you noticed but even having my conversation with you guys, I've gotten a little out of breath. This pulmonary hypertension is no joke. Um, so I, I just hope that everybody understands and really trying to put it out there for for everybody to um, understand that no matter what, my message has always been to want to inspire people. And and so I can't quit doing that now. Um, I'm going to continue doing what I want to do and, and, and just find another way to do it. Well, hang in there. All right. Thank you. Take care, Ashley. Be good. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was Ashley. All right. Uh, I don't even know what. Yeah, Lee, that was rough. I thought she was joking at first when she started. I thought it was going to be like this. I thought because you made him sound crazy. I thought like, what's this? And then uh, I didn't know what the tragedy was. Like, I, and I looked it up while we were on there. I was like, oh, their daughter died. Their three-year-old daughter. That is uh, from yeah. leukemia, no less. You know, this is, I don't know if you put this on her, but this is the truth. I didn't want to say it to her, but like, Sometimes when your whole life is falling apart, it's better to get it all done at once. Like as crazy as that sounds, like it's uh, you can only suffer so much. So when your daughter dies and you have you find out you're dying or have you know some disease or whatever, how would you like to have your daughter died? Start to get over it a few years later, and then you find out you've got you know what I mean. Like it just so when my whole life fell apart, I just kept getting kicked while I was down. I was like, you know what, better now than spread out. You know what I mean? I'm already I can't be any sadder than I am right now. You know what I mean? So like it. Uh, yeah, that was rough, man. She made she broke my heart. Like, I don't know how that's legal. Maybe there's more of the story, but I don't know how you can do a GoFundMe and keep the money. I don't, I don't, that's gotta be some kind of major uh, criminal charge. Like, I don't know. So well, listen, Sean, I hope you have a great week. I freaking All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> On that note, see you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>